0: Acts chapter 24. The title of our lesson today, Comfortably Numb. There are a lot of people in our world that do things on a repetitive basis. What happens sometimes is we do things so long that it becomes habitual in our lives. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 talks about those who by nature are children of wrath. And the idea is that They had lived a certain lifestyle for so long, it had become habitual to them. And so what happens sometimes is we do things, we say things, we hear things, and over time we become numb to what we say, what we hear, what we do. We just go through the motions. So in our lesson today, I want us to think about comfortably numb. And I want us to look at a great account in Acts chapter 24, of the Apostle Paul standing before Felix and Drusilla with the opportunity to share with them the gospel of Christ. It's really a very intriguing account. Note, if you would, what is said. Let me just read it again. The Bible says in verse 24, After some days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith... In Christ. Now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. I want to begin by talking about the fact that the message that Felix heard challenged him. It challenged him. And so if you look at what is recorded by Luke in Acts chapter 24, here is the Apostle Paul. He has a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. So first I think about the source of this message. Paul in his account, or as he speaks to Philip, Felix earlier, had talked about how he believed the things which were written in the Law and in the Prophets. Many, many years ago, God, through great Old Testament prophets, foretold the coming of the Messiah. Paul, as you know, was a Jew, and he was steeped in Judaism. He was a Pharisee, and there was a time in his life when he was doing everything within his power to destroy New Testament Christianity. When the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus, we find a great change occurred in his life, didn't it? He? he obeyed the gospel, and then he began preaching and teaching the Lord Jesus. The very one he once persecuted, he now preached, as he would say to the Galatians. So wherever Paul went, he understood that the message that he proclaimed was of a divine source. He would tell Timothy, preach the word. Paul would say to the church at Corinth, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves as His servants for your sake. So, first and foremost, you need to understand the source of his message. What he's going to be talking about is straight out of the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Then what about the substance of this great message? The Bible says that Felix had sent for Paul, and he wanted to hear about the faith in Christ. In other words, you wanted to know something about the Christian religion. When you look at the preaching and teaching of the Apostle Paul, you'll see that it was Christ-centered. Paul did his best to lift high Christ and Him crucified over and over and over again. Paul would talk about preaching and teaching Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. You can go back and look at his exploits as a missionary. And you'll see Paul traveling from town to town, city to city, reaching people with the gospel and and accentuating Christ and Him crucified. I want to say something very quickly. There are some folks that have the idea that you can somehow separate Christ and His teaching. It's not possible. Jesus said, Then are you my disciples indeed, if you continue in my word. He would go on to say, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When the Apostle Paul preached about Christ, obviously he would preach the teaching of Christ, wouldn't he? Do you remember in 2 John, verse 9, John would say, Whoever goes on and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. So you can't separate the one from the other. They go hand in hand. So when the Apostle Paul shared the gospel with Felix and Drusilla, and by the way, Drusilla was Jewish as is noted by Luke, the great historian. In a very specific way, Paul's going to deal with some things related to the gospel of Christ. So first, what he heard challenged him. Secondly, what he heard concerned him. Now look at what is said again in verse 24. He sends for Paul. He wants to hear about the faith in Christ. Verse 25 says that he reasoned about righteousness. Self-control and the judgment to come. I think about the powerful message that Paul shared with Felix and Drusilla. It's interesting that he begins by accentuating righteousness and self-control in his presentation of the gospel of Christ. There are three things really that Paul does by way of relating the teaching of Christ. There are three very specific things. His message was a message of liberation. His message was that of regulation and expectation. Think about the liberation and, well, think first if you would with me for just a moment about the liberation. He said he sends for Paul and hears him concerning the faith in Christ. Felix and Drusilla had to understand right off the bat that there's only one way to be saved. Now, Drusilla, as I said a moment ago, was a Jewish. And no doubt she believed the law and the prophets. And she understood that there was a coming Messiah. So Paul could say to her and to Felix, look, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, He has indeed come. He is the Savior of the world. And the only way to be liberated from sin... From unrighteousness is to obey the gospel. Do you remember when Paul talked about his conversion story in Acts chapter 26? And the Bible tells us that he would remind Agrippa that he had done many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Ananias had earlier told him to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins, Acts twenty-two sixteen. 16. So Paul understood that the only way to be liberated from sin was to obey the gospel. He would write to Titus, and he would say, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to every man. So there is the salvation afforded people, the liberation. Remember Jesus said, You shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. So it's in Christ that we can be liberated from sin. So Paul has the opportunity to present a message of liberation, but also a message of regulation. Look at what he says. He reasoned about righteousness and self control. Drusilla had been married earlier. Historians tell us that Felix had persuaded her to leave her husband and to marry him. He'd been married three times. So when the Apostle Paul starts talking about, look, there's a standard of conduct, a code of conduct that you're going to have to live up to. You can't just live as you please. You've got to understand that there is a certain way of life that conforms to New Testament teaching. Again, in Titus chapter 2, when Paul said, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to every man, he said, instructing us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. So Paul is talking about Christ, the hope of redemption, the fact that he could be liberated through Jesus Christ, but there are some things that would regulate his conduct. In other words, he can not just live how he wanted to. Same was true for Drusilla. She couldn't just live as she pleased. So Paul's saying, look, you've got to make a change in your life. Well, what about the expectation? Listen to what he said. He reasons about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Well, that would have been a sore spot. Because here are Felix and Drusilla. They are living unrestrained lives, as we would say. There are no regulations with regard to their conduct. They're just living as they please. And Paul's saying, look, there's a standard, a code of conduct that you've got to conform to. And what you really need to understand is there's coming a day when you're going to stand before the judge of all the earth. Now, you think about Felix. He is politically connected. Drusilla. She was the youngest daughter of Herod Agrippa I. And so they're both politically correct- connected, aren't they? And what Paul is saying is, look, even though you have a lot of power, you're a prominent man, you need to understand there is coming a day in which you're going to stand before the judge of all the earth. So I think about this powerful message that's shared and then this promised meeting. The fact that Paul is saying, you need to understand that one day your knee will bow before the Lord Jesus. Do you remember when the Apostle Paul stood before, or rather when the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome, and he said, We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. You think about this day, known only to God, in which, as Jesus said, all nations will be ushered before Him in Matthew 25. Paul said in Acts chapter 17, when he spoke to those in Athens, this intellectual city of its day. Paul could say, the times of ignorance God's winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Well, why, Paul? Because He has appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness. Paul preached a lot about the judgment to come, didn't he? Had a lot to say about it. Now, the Bible says, listen to what it said in verse 25, As He reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid. In other words, he was terrified. There are a lot of people in the church, out of the church. When you start talking about standing before Almighty God, you get their attention, don't you? You got His attention. I suspect that Felix and Drusilla are listening, and they are doing so very attentively. So much so that Paul struck a chord. It resonated with him. I mean, you think about it. Here is Paul standing before this man who is politically connected and his wife. They both have what we would call quite a pedigree. And he's saying, look, number one, you can't live like you're living. And the only way out of your lifestyle is Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, you need to know there's coming a day in which you're going to give an account of how you're living. What was it Paul said to the church at Corinth? We must all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may give an account of the deeds done in the body according to what he's done, listen to him, whether good or bad. Solomon centuries ago, Drusilla knew about this, Solomon many, many years ago said that the sum of life is to fear God and keep His commandments. Because as Solomon said, God's going to bring every work into judgment. And every secret thing, whether good or bad. So Paul is standing before a captive audience. And the Bible tells us this message resonated. He had his attention. So I think about the fact that the message he heard, it challenged him. It concerned him, obviously. He was afraid. But here's the third thing. He was comfortable with it. Now, That might seem like a contradiction, because you ask the question, now, how in the world could he be challenged by a message, concerned by what he hears, but then, on the other hand, comfortable with it? How in the world could you be comfortable hearing about the teaching of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ? How could it concern you on one hand, but you're comfortable? Well, let me just tell you how. Look again at what it said. As he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. I want to suggest to you he was comfortable that day. He was comfortable. He was comfortable, number one, living in sin. I said a minute ago, sometimes we do things for an extended period of time, and over that long period of time, what happens? It becomes habitual. You do it long enough, and you stay at it over an extended period of time, and it just becomes a lifestyle. Felix, Drusilla, it's a lifestyle. You might be here today, and you might be very comfortable Living in sin. Now you say, well, how would I know? Well, look at Felix and Drusilla. The message that they heard struck a chord. But you know what? Not enough to move him to repentance. Not enough to move him to obey the gospel. So I think about here's a guy who was comfortable living in sin. And number two, he was comfortable living around sin. It wasn't enough that he would live in sin, but he also enticed the lady that he was married with to leave her husband. To live in a sinful relationship. Didn't he? Didn't he do that? Yes, he did. What was it Paul said in 1 Timothy 5, verse 22? Do not be partaker of other men's sins. Let me tell you, you can live in sin so long you get comfortable with that lifestyle. And you can live around sin so long it doesn't bother you. You think about the world in which we live. Is it not the case that we see things, we hear things, we do things, and it just runs right off our back? Television. How much has changed when it comes to television over the past 25 or 30 years? Would you say a lot? Think about 20 years ago. The language that was used on television as opposed to the language used today. Think about the sex, the violence, and other things added to television programming over the past 20 years. Twenty years ago, they weren't doing and saying nearly as much as they are today. But what happens? Over time, like erosion, rather than filtering out, it filters in. We become comfortable with it. We become comfortable living in sin, around sin. So when people say profane words, we don't think anything about it when they engage in activities that are vile and really unrighteous, they don't think anything about it. And you say, well, what about me as a child of God? What about me as someone who has never obeyed the gospel? Is it possible that I, like Felix, have grown very comfortable? Could I tell you it's very possible? Let me tell you how it works. How many times have you been in worship on Sunday morning, Sunday night, What has been said from God's Word has resonated. And as we would say, it rang your bell. It got you. When you listen to the message, when you listen to what God was saying in your Word, you said, you know what, I need to shape up. I need to get my life in order. I need to get back to doing what God has said. You go to lunch. And over lunch, you think about it, you talk about it. You think, you know what, as a family, we need to become more faithful. We need to be more involved. We need to do a better job of coming to worship. We need to do a better job of coming to Bible study. We need to do a better job of being personally devoted to Christ because after all, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We need to learn to love Him more with all of our heart, soul, and mind. So it's on our mind at 12. It's on our mind at 1 o'clock. Still on our mind at 2 o'clock, but by 3, four o'clock, what happens? We've probably been to sleep for a little while. And then we wake up, and that message that we heard, long gone. We're comfortable. We're right back where we were before we ever came to worship that morning. Now, you may be here today, and in your heart of hearts, you know what I'm saying is exactly right. And it fits you to a T, doesn't it? You know you ought to change. Change. You know that you're going to stand before the God of all the earth one day, give an account of the deeds done in the body, that you're going to stand before God and give an account, you're not ready right now, but you don't do anything about it. Why? Because you're comfortably numb. You're numb. You're comfortable living in sin. You're comfortable living around sin. You just don't care. You don't care. You say, well, how do you know that? You know what Jesus said? By your fruits. By their fruits you shall know them. Now, first... He was comfortable with the day, that day. I want you to see something else. Secondly, he was comfortable with his destiny. I want you to think about this for a minute. Go back and look again at Acts chapter 24. The Bible says that he heard heard Paul concerning the faith in Christ. And here's Paul. He's reasoning with him about righteousness, temperance, self-control, and the judgment to come. And Felix trembles. He is terrified. He is absolutely afraid because he knows there's coming a day in which he's going to bow before the God of all the earth. And God's going to do what's right. But he says, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. And let me tell you what, he was comfortable. He was comfortable with that day, and he was comfortable with his destiny. Now you, now you may be asking in your heart of hearts right now, how in the world is that possible? Well, number one, I would say he was comfortably numb when it came to not desiring heaven. He didn't want to go to heaven. Now you say, how in the world do you know he didn't want to go to heaven? Because he didn't obey the gospel, did he? Had he wanted to go to heaven, would he not have obeyed the gospel that day? How many people do you know, they'll tell you, I want to go to heaven, but they never change their lifestyle. Do they really want to go to heaven? Could I answer that for you? No, they don't. Peter said that we have an inheritance. It is incorruptible, undefiled. He said it fades not away. It's reserved in heaven for you. Many of us, we want to go to heaven. We plan to go to heaven, at least that's what we think intellectually. But we're not living right to go to heaven. Our lives are anything but the Christian way. So really, let's just be honest. Let's just get it down to the nitty-gritty. We really don't want to go, do we? Some of us are a lot more comfortable with the devil's people than God's people. The Bible talks about Abraham in the book of Genesis. Abraham, when he died, you remember he went to his own people, he was gathered to his own people. Could I say this? If you're outside of Christ, you're going to be gathered to your people one day, not the people you're going to want to be with, but you're going to be with them. You're going to be with the devil and with his people. Jesus said that He will say to those on the left hand, Depart from Me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Felix and Drusilla had lived a life of unrighteousness, The preaching and teaching of Jesus Christ did not move them. Yes, they were concerned, but they were comfortable. Comfortable enough to say, you know what? Heaven's really not in my plans. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You want to go to heaven? You plan to be in heaven? What are you going to do about it? You see, some of us are comfortable where we are. We're comfortable to the point that we really, really, really don't desire heaven enough, do we? Now here's the flip side. Felix was comfortably numb to the point he wasn't deterred by hell. Could I say this? If hell doesn't scare you and jar you to your senses, nothing will. There are some people like that. They don't fear it. They're not worried about going to hell. They should be. You going to hell? Are you going to hell? You going to heaven? If you know right now you're going to hell, that is, you've never obeyed the gospel, you're not living faithfully for the Lord Jesus Christ, you know it, God knows it, and you're living in sin, let me tell you what, you're well on your way. You are comfortably numb. You may think you're going to change, but you may not change. It may be the case that you're thinking at some point in time, I'm going to get it right. When I get older, when things settle down in life, I'm going to get it right. Let me tell you, that day may never come. Now, I know there are a lot of people in our world today, there are a lot of people in the church. They have this idea that if they go to hell, it'll just be one big party. And we'll do what we want, we'll be with our own kind, and we'll have a ball down there. Let me tell you what, you may think that's the case, but I've got news for you it's not. You may think. You'll go, down, you'll, you'll go down with the devil in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. You may think you'll take it. You might be saying, you know what, I'm rough and tough. I can take it. No, you won't. You won't take it either. You may think you will. The devil wants you to think you will, but you won't take it. No, you'll be like the rich man who lifted up his eyes in torment. What do you got to look forward to? Eternity. Everlasting fire. No change a hundred years from now, no change a thousand years from now, no change a million years from now, no change, listen to me, forever, ever, ever. If you're living in sin, I want you to know right now, I I want you to leave here today and know you have no idea the trouble you're in. You have no idea how thin the ice is under your feet. What happens over time? We just get comfortable. There are a lot of comfortable Christians. We just kind of float in, float out, do our own thing, live as we want to, say this, say that. We don't really think about putting the kingdom first. Let me tell you what, we have become comfortable. Lukewarm is a good word. And you know what God said about the lukewarm? He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'll I'll vomit you out. If you're here today and you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and you've heard the gospel over and over and over again and you know exactly what you ought to do, but you haven't done it, you're comfortable with your lifestyle. You might be fooling yourself and thinking, I want to go to heaven, but really and truly, you don't want to go to heaven because if you did, you'd do something about it. You don't really care about going to hell because if you did, you'd do something about it, wouldn't you? But be honest. Wouldn't we do something about it? Do you think somebody who really wants to go to heaven is going to play with the world? you think somebody who really wants to go to heaven is going to live as if there's no God? No. What would you need to do? Let me tell you, there's only one way to be saved. I want to be absolutely crystal clear on this. There is only one way to be saved. Only one. Number one, Jesus is the Savior. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the only one who can save. He is the only one who can save, and He is the only one who will save. So what do you need to do? You better believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was not just a good man. He was not just a good teacher. He was not just a great preacher. He was not just compassionate. He was and is the divine Son of the living God. Do you believe that? you believe it with all your heart? If you don't believe that, as Jesus said, you'll die in your sins, and where I am, there you cannot come. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Number two, you need to repent called repentance. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, doesn't it? Godly sorrow. You've been living a comfortable life. You've been living like there's no God or you're a Christian, you're living in the world. Let me tell you what, you better repent. The Bible says God commands all men, that's everybody, to repent. All men, everywhere, to repent. Then you need to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, and that is that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Would you be willing to do just what the eunuch did many, many years ago? And I want you to listen to this very carefully. You must be baptized in order to go to heaven. I know what folks in the world say. I know what people in other churches say. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. That is, for forgiveness, Acts 2.38. And somebody says, well, do I have to be a member of the church? When you obey the gospel, God puts you in the church, Acts two forty seven, And then you have to be faithful to God. Faithful till death. Jesus said, be thou faithful until death. The promise is I'll give you a crown of life. Are you faithful? You know if you're faithful or not. God knows if you're faithful or not. Are you comfortably numb as a child of God on your way to hell? Are you? Would that be your case today? You're comfortable with it. You're good with it. Let's just be honest. We're good with it. We really don't care. There's a day you will care. It'll be too late. But you'll care. You know what's really sad? Once you step out into eternity, it's over. It is absolutely over. No second chances. No coming back. No changing your mind and saying, you know what, Lord, I made a mistake. Could could I just do it again? Nope. No, sir. No do-overs. I want to close by asking you this question. Is what you're doing in your life right now, is it worth missing heaven for? Second question. Is what you're doing in your life right now worth going to hell for? Is it? Are you comfortable with where you are? Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love